The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to another episode of the panel discussion. Comic book talk for you every single week right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, Mr. Will Smith. Wicka, 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 wow, wow, West. How's it going? Uh, how's your week going so far, Matt? Sorry to hear about your... Your poor Indianapolis Colts. Don't make me turn this car hey, man. around. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying they put up a good, it was a good football they, game. Thank you. I all appreciate right, all right. that. I, I was going to come to terms if they beat the Bills, and I'm a big Bills fan. So it was a good game. I was really. It was. It yeah. could have gone either way. So I just wanted to uh, you know, send my condolences. <laughs> I know how that can hurt. It did. Uh, it ruined my like I, it left me with a feeling of emptiness this weekend like i told you you got to just dis disassociate uh, disassociate yourself from the game when you don't know which way it's going to go yeah when you know it's not going to go your way and you're not 100 percent positive you got to just like take a step back and just go you know what uh, yeah i live in buffalo if the bills beat my colts i guess it's not so bad they're playing a good season you know yeah. uh, we've won a couple championships the bills have got shit so <laughs> Hey, you know, hey, if they win, that's know. not so bad. Not terrible. It's. I know this isn't Love a sports show. Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Love scars. <laughs> I have a hard time with with. I have very good friends who are very good, humble sports fans. Right, Bills yeah, fans yeah. at that. This week there was a large chunk of people who were not very humble. Going into the game or exiting it. It's funny because what did they do? Did they play? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not out there. That's why, like, my, my father gets super into the games. He gets so mad. Like, he gets, like, I had, to, I had to call my mom during the game to be like, remind dad to breathe, would you? Because, <laughs> like, he will yell and scream. And I'm like, dad, look, did you play in this game? You see that guy there? He played in a game. <laughs> And he looks like he's happy as a clam. <laughs> like he don't care. Like it's, it's the game. Both teams want to win. You do realize this, yeah. right? It's. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's some people, and this is like a like a toxic sports culture is very very curious. Just to me. toxic culture and toxic and culture anything. in general. Like, like we got we got Marvel DC people. Like, oh, for oh, sure. Oh, gotta be Marvel. It's gotta be DC. Yeah. How about you just read both? Right. W- they're comics. WWE. Got, and AEW. I, gotta, I gotta watch WWE. Screw that AEW. You gotta go AEW. Screw WWE. How about you watch both? Yes. Just watch both. Yeah. There's. It, you're all right. There is a text. A very toxic. Uh, fan culture out there, but yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, it's they're both good. <laughs> it's okay to be a fan. It's okay to be passionate, but yo, don't go out of your way to be a douchebag. Using mm-hmm. using, it's like there's people like, oh yeah, my Bills team kicked your Colts team ass, and it's just like, come kick my ass, motherfucker. <laughs> you, you you, I mean, you no, can, no. you can. <laughs> You know, have the force with you, and that will in turn allow you to live long and prosper. Yes, you can do both. It's it's a thing. It is it is a that, that is a thing. So, yeah, it was a rough week. It was a rough week leading up to it. I was very emotional. I almost broke my diet. My mom's like, "Hey, come pick up your dinner. It's like a piece of salmon. Don't stress eat and three pieces of broccoli." And I'm like, "Mom, I just want a pizza." <laughs> A whole pizza, and I'm gonna cry on it, and then I'm gonna eat it. Eat it. Oh, it's gonna be so salty. And I never so salty that very, pizza. <laughs> it would have been very salty. I stopped myself. Well, good for um, you. Good for you. I, that was one of the, that was a big stand stand for me. So, um, but yeah, it, it was I was ready to be an emotional leader. Well, speaking of emotions, we got Wandavision coming, and I think I think Scarlet Witch is gonna be going through some emotional turmoil mm-hmm. in this show. Mm-hmm. It's coming up Friday. This Friday, uh, we're getting two episodes. They said they're going to drop two. Two out of the gate. Two out of the gate right away. I didn't know how they were going to go about it because I know with like Mando, it's like one at a time. Well, they were planning on doing the whole thing, but they've had such such success with Mando that they're going to do weekly. But they said they're going to give us a two-hour premiere this Friday. I'm okay with that. How many episodes are they doing? Six. They're doing six total. So, uh, I'm okay with that. 
they did announce not only WandaVision's getting six, but uh, they said Falcon Winter Soldier, the Loki show, the Moon Knight show, the She-Hulk show. They're all going to be six one-hour-long episodes, so they're going to be a little bit more uh, formulaic, unlike the Mandalorian, which is like the runtime is dictated by the story. Yes. Yeah. So 30 these, here, 45 yeah. there. Yeah. So these are going to be more dictated uh, on a timed schedule. So one-hour-long episodes for each, but they're only going to be six instead of the Mando, which is eight. Right. So um, uh, the other cool thing about WandaVision is the director, uh, Matt Shackman, he has admitted that he, doing the show, he collaborated with both Spider-Man 3's John Watts and Doctor Strange 2's Sam Raimi. So with the multiverse thing, that's going to play into both these movies. We're obviously with Doctor Strange, but we're anticipating with Spider-Man 3, we're going to get some multiverse action with all the casting craziness. So uh, that's kind of cool. No, it's just good because I mean, aside, I mean, just this is cool that Disney Plus shows are gonna get going for the MCU. But, but again, like we, I think we talked about this one or two weeks ago. Like this is the first MCU thing since Spider Man. Like it has been a long, long time since Spider Man Far From Home. That's how long it's been since we've gotten an MCU property. Yeah, it's it the has longest been longest gap very, since they started. Yeah, it has been a very long hangover. Uh, you know, hangover cliffhanger. Yeah, you know, yeah. and. and and maybe like the timing was good because this is the end of phase three going into phase four. Mm-hmm. Um, insert Disney cause COVID pandemic. Well, unfortunately, like yeah. the, the, these studios were hoping to drop some of these movies that they were, were supposed to be released years, months ago, um, sometime this spring. But it looks like those are even being pushed back to November. So we might not get Black Window, Black Widow till this coming November. This fall, yeah. At best case scenario, like I, I really think they do not want to drop that on Disney Plus. Um, no, the Mulan thing is a big deal, and and they understand that. Like, oh, it's it, like the MCU thrives off of those big box offices, right? They, yeah, they thrive yeah. off of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's why it's continued to this day. It's you know, uh, if Iron Man, the first Iron Man flopped, we aren't where we are right now. No, there's no MCU. They count on those big box office numbers, and it, so I understand. Um, I understand them being hesitant. You know, they've seen what Mulan did. Uh, Mulan had another uh, a ton of factors going against it, but the fact that there was like a thirty dollar price tag on it, which is you know, which is still cheaper than going to the movie theater, but regardless, I think it turned people off. Well, I, it was that plus. I mean, they they announced that, but then they also announced as they announced that that oh, or you can just get it for free in what was it November? I believe it was November. Yeah, something like that. So people are like oh, I mean, I've waited this long. But, again, I feel like the anticipation for Black Widow is greater than the anticipation was for Mulan. Yeah. Because Mulan, we know the we know the gist of the story. We it's do. Just, it's just the intricate they details ch- yeah. and the special effects. They changed it, took away the singing, all that stuff. But, but you're we right, know Black the beginning, Widow, middle, end. Yeah. Black know, Widow is We don't know. Black I mean, we, Wh- we yeah. do and we don't. It's right. like, obviously, she's not going to die. Yeah. But these other characters that they're introducing, we don't know where their story arc lies. Right. So. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, Black Widow. There's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a throwback. You know, obviously it happened after Civil War, but um, it's supposed to, it was supposed to set up a a, 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 quite a few things. Omega Red was rumored to appear in it. So like, now, it was a rumor. I don't know how now, true it was. Now uh, Omega Red, the rumor I've heard is he's going to appear or set to appear in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm okay with that. Because that movie sounds like it's going to be a fighting tournament a la Mortal Kombat style, and he's going to be one of... I don't think they're going to do much character development. I think he's just going to be one of the guys in the tournament. Right, So, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, maybe... The, I, it I don't could know just be a, a, a quick s- introduction to get the ball rolling. Yeah, no, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, there is a lot of anticipation for Black Widow. We hope we get it. You know, By now, we should have gotten Black Widow. We should have gotten... Uh, the Eternals. I know that's my big thing. Is they're pushing Black Widow back, they're pushing the Eternals back, and that's a shame. And everything I'm, else I'm, is just I'm very curious to see this movie of the Eternals. Yeah, I get like I'm I'm getting like Guardians of the Galaxy excited for it because I don't know a lot about the property. I even even doing the research on the previous, like I I picked up a couple of old Jack Kirby Eternals books and I'm I'm brushing up on it, but it's tough to get through because it's like the artwork's not great. I mean, compared to today's standards. So it doesn't grasp you like today's artwork grasps you. So it's kind of, it's it's a little bit of work to get through. Yeah. Um, and the characters don't jump off the page. So to me, like you know, um, other characters do. But I, I I'm still very curious to see how this is going to play out, just because it's going to be so different. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know if they expect to get a, eventually a trilogy out of it. I would imagine so. I think that's their their end game, pun intended, uh, <laughs> with with every single property that they put out. But um, you know, the, I mean, it, of it's going to have to. They, they want long term. Yeah, it's rejuvenating a rejuvenating franchise. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought, Guardians of the Galaxy was the most random movie. I thought, I thought they were just making that to be a one-off and help push the Infinity. Well, I think line. that was maybe their plan, but it, it did so been. well. It did so well that they're like, okay, we're gonna yeah, we gotta keep going with wave, these characters. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on with that. We have uh, yeah, Black Widow Disney Plus shows getting ready to go for MCU, which is something that both Disney Plus and the MCU really needed to happen. Um. So. Speaking of uh, Disney Plus shows, there's a possibility. Now, we've talked about with uh, Daredevil, Charlie Cox being rumored to come back for Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil. There's also uh, talks that Kristen Ritter is possibly in talks to reprise her role as Jessica Jones for the She-Hulk show, which will make sense because She-Hulk being a lawyer, Jessica Jones being a private investigator, I think that would be a good way to bring that character back in. I agree. uh, we don't have to dabble there. You know, we can just bring that character in that way. Her past is established, but it's not established on Disney because that's a very hard topic to cover under the Disney banner. You could just bring her in and she could just be a surly gal. Who's, yeah. Who's a private a side character. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't, have they... to, she doesn't have to be in the limelight, but it'd be kind of cool. Something that, you know, uh, she Hulk could, you know, hey, I need evidence. You know, she goes to Jessica Jones to look in and spy on and gather evidence against this person or that person for her legal case. Yeah, and I think that would be a, a, a fine crossover, a fine so, point to kind of bring that character back in the fold, but not completely. And they could do it lighthearted, because I think they have said that She-Hulk is going to be like a kind of like a uh, a courtroom, almost like a comedy to a, a, to an extent. Like Night Court. <laughs> well, that'd be great. Judd Hirsch, right? Judd Hirsch was in that bad mm-hmm. boy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything with Judd Hirsch is great. <laughs> Sign me up. I hope Judd Hirsch is in She-Hulk. <laughs> I would pop. I would pop. That'd so be a, it's going to be a Night Court She-Hulk crossover. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'd be there. I'm here for it, 100%. Um, and then uh, the other big thing is they, they've released a little bit more. Kevin Feige has released a little bit more about Secret Invasion. Now, a lot of people are like kind of bummed that this was going to be a show because it clearly it could be, be like it could have been an Avengers-level movie. Yeah. Um, apparently the cute they're they're gonna differentiate from the comics quite a bit in the aspect that it's not gonna involve a lot of the characters uh, interacting with one another, a la Civil War, yeah. or even in the comics, the Secret Invasion. Uh, they did confirm that Nick Fury is gonna return, uh, so Sam Jackson will be there. They also confirmed uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character Talos from the Captain Marvel movie. He's going to reprise his role as and well. And he was fantastic. He was great. He did that was great. that was like. That was like the uh, almost almost a Mandarin Ben Kingsley esque turn because like you see a scroll, oh he's gonna be yeah. evil and he wasn't he was good it was almost a, that but I thought it was done much better I think Captain so Marvel. too I, I uh, he was so a much too. more likable character um, but they said it's gonna be a smaller scale scroll invasion that you saw in the comics which is uh, oh, yeah I, I'm very curious as to how that's gonna go because because I mean they introduced the scrolls in the 90s so all these movies they could be doing flashbacks where hey if little things like hey like is in gonna Thor, be a flashback or a modern one well, well let's say this in Thor all right the first Thor you got Jeremy Renner up there, like I got a shot, like yeah. very acting very on Hawkeye, like yeah. What if that wasn't really Hawkeye? What if that was a scroll and he didn't take out Thor because wanted X Y Z? He wanted Thor to get there. Yeah, you know, little things. They they, they said they're probably gonna do little flashbacks where they'll have like one character per episode where it's like, hey, this really wasn't this person at this point and this point and this point and this point. Maybe, hey. Hawkeye and Avengers. Everybody bitches that he lo- looked like crap in the first Avengers <laughs> movie. Maybe that wasn't the real Hawkeye. Maybe right. that was a Skrull who got possessed by Loki. That's little things they can retcon here and there that maybe fans didn't like at the time. It it could be a way to do that. I I just yeah I'm curious because I I think like as much as I love the Talos character, I think they it was a huge gaffe that they they went the baby face route. For the scrolls. Well, I mean, there could like they, there could be a plenty they, they of There was others. like a group. They were, that was just a group of scrolls. There right. could be other scrolls that, which makes it interesting. We're not I, good. I, I think in the I, I didn't read the original scroll. You know, the, yeah. the, the secret I mean, storyline, yeah. but but I think there were a couple defectors. Yeah. to my so to my understanding. I I think they introduced the 
the the the good guys before they introduced the the villains. But uh, they did say it was going to be like along the lines, like the whole show, Secret Invasion, is going to be along the lines of like a political thriller. Okay. So they compared it to like Captain America: Winter Soldier type tone and movie. Okay. So I'm I'm I think that's cool and it's great. Yeah. I I I there's only like one like I want Super Scrawl so bad. Well, I don't think you're going to get that till Fantastic Four, but probably I, not. I, I'd like that. I would prefer they introduce the scrolls first before we get a Super Scroll. I, I I can agree with that. That's but Super Scroll is like what the. I mean, obviously, there's not many significant scroll characters. Oh, but, he's like he's probably Super the most well known. The, the most well known. Yeah, he's yes. definitely the most well known for sure. For sure. So that's exciting. Uh, we got some other news from Kevin Feige. Um, Deadpool. It's official now. Deadpool three. It's coming out. Rated R. Yeah, which is and huge. And part of the MCU. Which is huge. I mean, it was speculated. The talks were there. We didn't know for sure how they were going to go about it, but it's going to happen. And, like, that's that's a big, big deal. That's uh, going to – I think that's – I'm not sure when it's going to come out. I would imagine 2022. Yeah, it's going to be a while. I, I really – as much as I thought uh, Once Upon a Deadpool was such a cash grab, I'm so happy they did it because I'm sure Feige used that as ammunition. He goes, hey, look at the box office gross of Deadpool 2. Now look at the box office gross of Once Upon a Deadpool. It's, it's, you know, dollars to donuts, yeah. as you say. Even though, regardless, of course, less people are going to go see Once Upon a Deadpool because they already saw the movie once. They're not going to pay to see a cheap inversion. But still, I'm sure he used that as ammunition to be like, we got to do our because look at the money that 1 and 2 made versus the PG-13 version. C- correct. Yeah. So, so I, I'm so happy they did it. It's a big step for Disney, too, because we all know that Disney, you know, they, they like their image. But, uh, you know, this is I think this is a huge, yeah, a big step for, for Disney as well as for what we could get. You know, yeah. we talked about how they own Aliens now, too. Yeah. And this is a precedent setter when it comes to well, they, that they, franchise. They announced the Aliens they television did. show for FX. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, I read where The Kingsman, the Matthew Vaughn prequel to Kingsman, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden Circle, and the uh, uh, Secret Cir- Kings. What was the first one? It was King- the Golden Circle. Was or the sequel? What was the f- Secret? Cir- I think it was Kingsman? just the Kingsman. I the think Kingsman? it was just the Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, either way, uh, the 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 prequel by Matthew Vaughn. Um, there's there's possibility that's going to be heading to Hulu. So oh. I feel like all these R-rated properties are going to be that Disney owns is going to be going to Hulu because Disney does own two thirds of that property. That is true. Uh, and just the other day I clicked on my Hulu and lo and behold, I could watch Deadpool and Deadpool two. Perfect. So what well, do you think it, you think they're going to release it to Hulu? Yeah. Oh, you like, think it's yeah, going to be direct. I to think, Hulu? I think all the R rated properties that Disney owns, I think are going to go to Hulu. So you don't think it'll be a cinematic release? Uh well no they said they're they're probably going to put it on Hulu before oh. the cinematic release which the cinematic release was scheduled for the twelfth of March I don't see that happening with the current state no, of no, things no 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 interesting 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 yeah th- th- this is a big move though uh and, you know for for Marvel that was one of the biggest questions I think I, you know obviously everybody was excited for X Men and Fantastic Four but Deadpool was their strongest property Deadpool did a better job of telling X-Men lore than the X-Men movies did. But the thing is, like, I think we're going to get a reboot of X-Men. I think oh, we're going to we get are. we're getting a reboot of Fantastic 4. The fact that we're going to get a Deadpool 3 means that they're accepting Deadpool and Deadpool 2. And I'm sure it's going to have something to do with the multiverse and cuz Deadpool is just a character that lends himself so well to being ripped out of one universe plopped in another and be like where the hell am i <laughs> he lends himself so well to that so i'm sure that's the case i i highly doubt we're going to get the colossus and the domino and the cable probably we, not we yeah. might get maybe one or two that they feel like i would love Zazzy beats to come over as domino cuz i thought oh, she killed she, that she role oh she did fantastic uh, yeah i wouldn't mind if they recast cable I didn't care for Josh Brolin's. Even Josh Brolin didn't care for Josh Brolin's take on Cable. Uh, Colossus. I that was the best Colossus. Yeah, that that was, was the best Colossus. Was. Even yeah. if they just take that idea and reformulate it. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I that's cool. I wouldn't be surprised if those characters did make an appearance. If we're doing talking multiverse, it would not surprise me. Yeah. But there's going to be, like, I, I'm excited for... 
because I feel like it it's gonna be it's literally gonna be just Deadpool bouncing around with multiple MCU you know faces in locations. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely I would not be surprised if there's a Deadpool Thor interaction or Deadpool Valkyrie interaction. It would well, not... he lends himself so well to play off number and multitude of characters that have already been established. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for this one. I'm not the type of person who. Like I'm not because the one when Deadpool first came out and all these you know I'm not gonna knock people. There's a lot of like oh I've been a Deadpool fan since 1997 when he first came out. You know there's a lot of people like that. Um, I've told have I told my Deadpool toy story? I don't know. Have you? I, I, if not, I, I don't apologize know if for show. repeating myself. But my Deadpool toy story is I remember being a little kid going through the discount bin at Toys R KB Toys. I do remember this. Okay. For any listeners, KB Toys. They used to have a bin. It was like three for ten bucks. I remember cycling through it and. I went to go grab a Deadpool toy, and as I'm grabbing it, there was another hand on the Deadpool toy, and I looked up, and I was a little bitty boy. I was maybe 8 or 9, maybe 10 years old, and the man who had it in his hand was at least a 20-year-old man. <laughs> and he also wanted the Deadpool toy, and he said, I haven't seen this yet. I'm like, oh, it's okay. You can have it. And then he was shamed by his girlfriend, wife, what have you, to give the toy to me, and I purchased <laughs> it. And I think I played with it for a while. And then after a while, I painted it all black to make it a noob sabot because I was totally into Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it that's fair. That looks <laughs> that looks uh, that looks incredible. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pumped that they're doing Deadpool three. That's awesome. But I agree with you. I feel there is a lot of people that are like I've been a Deadpool fan. It's like I like this rock band, and now everybody like yeah because they were good. Oh, that, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, more people like Deadpool. Right. That, that's it's that's my argument. Happen. That's my argument for like. Uh, Guess what? What they were doing movies. worked, so more people gravitated toward it. That's yeah. that's what they wanted. They wanted to be go mainstream. That's that's. I think I've had this conversation before. Like I yeah, that's what you want. You want casual fans and more people. Like yo, there's there's not gonna be a Deadpool movie if the if the nineteen whatever year he came out. It was like ninety six or ninety seven. That there's there's not gonna be a Deadpool movie if that's the the audience that that just appreciates exactly him. yeah yeah it's not worth people's time or money all right you want that mainstream appeal MCU works because they pull in diehard and casual fans alike they keep the storytelling simple but intricate enough yeah and yeah. the casual I know people who've never read a comic book in their life people my dad's age never read a comic book in their life and they go see those movies yeah you want the casual fans because because once the casual fans go away. So do your 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 uh, your you know comic cons. I, I think comic con like they're they're not going to be as prominent. You're not going to see comic cons every other you know week of the year someplace in the country. You know they've been going around for a while, but they're big now because uh, you know because there's a just a huge driving force behind those films. So uh, appreciate the casual fans. But yeah, this is a big news uh, for for Deadpool going forward. I, I'm very excited for this uh, for what this could be. I really am. Uh, well, just to, just yeah. like the turd in the wind, floating down the stream, uh, <laughs> we're gonna get a "Let There Be Carnage" TV spot during the Super Bowl. They announced it. We're getting a trailer for the next Venom movie during the Super Bowl. I did not know that, and that is cool. I'm I'm pumped. I I know a lot of people are like Woody Harrelson looks ridiculous in that wig. Yeah, who cares? It's Woody Harrelson, and it's Carnage. I've loved every single thing that Woody Harrelson does. Woody Harrelson, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen every Woody, Woody Harrelson movie, but I don't name think a he, bad one. You right. can't. You can't. Even King. I mean, Kingpin's glorious. <laughs> I yeah. I nearly was Munson several times. <laughs> I just watched a. Uh, uh, it's a young ham. It's a football movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. I just watched a couple weeks ago. It's a football movie. It's a high school football movie, and there's a woman head coach. I don't remember the. Na- I don't know the name of it. My parents put it on. But he's in it. I've never his, seen this movie. It's actually kind of funny. He's not a star by any means, but yeah, you can you yeah. can tell it's him. Yeah, probably during his Cheers years. Yeah, it might have been before that. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I have to find it. But uh, just a charismatic mother. He is, and like I'm excited to see how dark he can get again. He's been in a lot of comedy movies. Yeah, lately. like like I'm thinking Natural Born Killers. That's what everybody's yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's just he's just chaos for the sake of chaos. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And I hope he brings it, man. Like, it, you know. It, Woody Harrelson's a fantastic actor who's done a lot. Hung, you know, I just watched. Uh, I never saw. Um, uh, what the heck the, was the movie um, where he plays the, the 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 publicist of Hustler magazine against the U.S. government for like ah son of a gun. I had it on the tip of my tongue. 
Let me let me. I'm gonna look this up with the technological advances we have. Oh, Wildcats was the name of that. That Wildcats. Well, you duh. That's yeah. every. That's the name of every. Every Pee Wee team. <laughs> Who are we? The I, Wildcats. Yeah. Who are we gonna beat? The Wildcats. The People versus Larry Flint. I just watched that for the first time. It's a great motion picture. Is it? Oh, it was, it was Woody Harrelson at his finest. Yeah, he's 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 one of those few actors who can do no wrong when yeah. it comes to to, yeah. to films and film roles. I'm at the so. point like I've seen so many movies. I'm like reaching to find stuff that I haven't seen before yeah. just to just to see different stuff. So I'm reaching for. Older movies. You never to, know when you're going to find exactly. A gem. You find hidden gems. There's so many times I'd go to the blockbuster video or Hollywood video, and I'd be like, "This looks interesting," and I'm watching it, and now it's like some of those movies have become instant classics for me, and I rewatchability, and I watch them constantly over and over again. There's a Mark Wahlberg one that's like that for me. What? Oh, what, what movie would that be? Uh, Broken City. Broken City. You ever see that one? I have not. Uh, he's like a, he's like a private investigator, and okay. there's like a whole thing. Uh, oh Christ. It's it's it's. I thought you were referencing Boogie Nights. Oh, <laughs> I remember renting Boogie Nights from Family Video, and I got a scolding from the clerk. Oh, she's did like, you? "You're renting this." I'm like, "It was nominated for an Oscar. It was really good." It's <laughs> broke. It's it came out in 2013. He's a former cop turned private investigator, and Russell Crowe is the mayor of New York City. Oh, see, I got a problem with Russell Crowe for some reason. No, I like. There's like two movies that I've liked him in: Quick and the Dead. That Western with Leo DiCaprio and Gene Hackman, and uh, I think it's Sharon Stone. Okay. It's directed by Sam Raimi. That's a great Western. Uh, and just recently, I saw him in The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling. Oh, that was funny. That was a great movie. That was so good. But I'm, I, for some reason, I just He's I don't like- He's hit or like, miss for you? Like Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner, I don't like them. That's and I, I cannot explain why. <laughs> just don't like them. <laughs> I, I, my, I, yeah. my gut tells me I don't like them. <laughs> and I, I literally, I can't put into words why I don't. I just don't. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So it takes a lot. But those but. are like the two Russell Crowe movies I can get through. I haven't gotten through any Kevin Costner films. No? No. Not even the 90s it. Robin Hood? Nope. Can't do it. With no. all the charm Morgan with, Freeman gives me, I can't do it. With Alan Rickman? Oh, he's a great actor. <laughs> uh, what else we got in the news slate? Uh, let's see here. We got, um, oh, Star Wars. Star Wars, unfortunately for those of you, and I am one of these people who are fans of the animated shows from Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars, I regret to inform you that they have officially put the kibosh on the long-anticipated and long-rumored sequel series to Star Wars Rebels. We are not going to get it. Because they're going to take those storylines and they're going to take those ideas and they're putting them into the Star Wars Ahsoka Tano show. So it's like we're getting we're not going to get the animated stuff, but she was so well received in Mandalorian that they're going to put those ideas in live action, which is better in my opinion. It could be like, you know, you guys love you guys love the the, the, the cartoons. You guys love it. I tried. The problem with the cartoons is obviously it's a medium where I know a lot of people aren't going to invest as much in it because it's animated. The problem with doing the live action versus the animated is with the animated shows, you're definitely going to get more episodes. You're going to get longer um, story arcs. Story arcs, yes. You're going to get just more um, than you will in a live action just because of budgetary concerns. It's a lot cheaper to do an animated show than it is a live action show. It is. But you're going to get more eyes on the product with a live action show. This that excites me that you said that because one of the probably the the the, the one cl- clips or episodes that I do and I have watched over and over again of Rebels is the Ahsoka Tano Darth Vader fight. That's awesome. And if that's one of those elements that they're going to pull from Rebels, well, I believe it's go- it's still going to be the sequel series, so it's going to be Okay. It's like at the the the, the spoilers, spoilers warning. Plug your ears now and go no 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 no. But at the end of Rebels, it ends where uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, the main character of the show, they get sucked into this wormhole to the unknown parts of the galaxy. Okay, that's kind of alluded to in Rise of Skywalker. Um, and the show ends with a little time jump, and we catch up with all the characters as they are now. And Ahsoka and Sabine appear to be going off at different points in the galaxy to try to find Ezra, um, which ties into the Mandalorian where Ahsoka's asking um, the magistrate 
where's where's your master? Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? Because yeah. Thrawn's going to be the same spot that Ezra Edge were assuming because they got sucked through this spatial wormhole Together. at the same time. Okay. Um, if you've seen if you've seen Solo, you know when they were doing the Kessel Run and those space whales with tentacles. Worm yeah, things, yeah. It's the same creatures. They were doing the same thing that caused Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn to get sucked through this wormhole to the unknown parts of the galaxy. Okay. So, um. That's cool, though. I mean, at least... Uh, I'm I, for I, that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm going to watch anything, so I prefer the anime just because I know I'm going to get more content, but I know the live action is going to resonate more with me. Like, I've never watched an animated show and been like, oh, that got me emotionally. Yeah, right, like, right. Like, in, in Rebels, there's a great duel scene between Darth Maul and Obi-Wan, and I know if that would have been live action, it, it would have hit way, me a lot more. more. Yeah, it would have hit me more emotionally. Uh, like, if I got an animated Luke Skywalker doing what we got at the end of Mandalorian, it would, yeah, it, I would have been like, oh, that's cool, but it wouldn't have had that gut punch impact that the live action mocap, whatever it was, yeah. did. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I certainly agree. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, so that's cool. That's that's cool for, you know, it's cool. And, you know, for, for if you'd love the cartoon, that's unfortunate, but. The fact that elements of it are going to get picked up for live action is always good. Yeah. You know, it, like you said, the, the business side of live action versus cartoons, it's... Plus, it's, I mean, we're getting the Bad Batch cartoon, so yeah. if it, that that itch is going to be scratched. For sure. No, I think, yeah, it's not even the only... Car- I think there's a couple more cartoons, too, but... Yeah. Um, so that's cool. The other, uh, if you're a fan of the Umbrella Academy, uh, season three has been greenlit. They're, I mean, again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, season two ended on quite of a cliffhanger where we're introduced to um, uh, Ben Hargreaves, who was originally a member of the Umbrella Academy, passed away. We never really saw why, but, you know, um, his ghost helped the Umbrella Academy. But now we got transported to a new dimension where he didn't die and it's no longer the Umbrella Academy. It's the Sparrow Academy. So we have, um, you know, Justin Min, the actor, coming back to play Ben. He's Sparrow number two. Uh, we had the actors Justin Cornwell playing Marcus Sparrow. He's number one. Uh, Jake Epstein was announced. He's Alfon- He's playing Alfonso. He's going to be number four. And then we got Cassie David. She's playing Jane. She was number six. But to join those, we had the announcement that uh, Genesis Rodriguez is playing a character named Sloan. She will be number five. And then Brittany Oldford is playing a character named Fi. I believe it's pronounced F-E-I which is going to be Sparrow number three. So I'm a big fan of that show. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. It's it's fun to watch. Um, it's definitely binge-worthy. Yeah. Every episode ends like, God dang it, I got to freaking watch the next one again. <laughs> I think I watched the second season within a weekend because it just, it's just enjoyable and uh, it's easy watching. And the characters are fun to watch and they do time jumps. It's, it's, it's quite bonkers, but in a good way. Yeah, I... Uh I, I watched season two first. I watched season two when the whole pandemic broke out. Me and my wife watched it. Yeah. I didn't, you know, Greg had mentioned it, uh, Umbrella Academy, a couple times. I'm like, yeah, it's hard for me to get into stuff where I don't know original content. It's yeah. just who I am. Everyone's like, you watch, you watch, do, you, do you watch this TV show? I'm like, no, there's no superheroes that I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of like, there's no pop, sweet pop culture reference. I, I That's just me. Um, but I did watch it uh, season two, and I I loved it. I fell in love with it. I thought it was it was cool. It had a really good soundtrack to it. Like they did a good job of oh yeah, of yeah. utilizing music, and it was good storytelling. Um, and, and like it was fun. And then I, I I tried to go back and watch season one. I just couldn't get into season one. Oh, uh, season one has some good stuff in it. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Season two, like I don't even have to really know the characters to really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that I mean, which that's was good, which that's was good. good. It's yeah. good storytelling. Yeah. You know, I got to appreciate a lot of these characters. But, yeah, season one, I was just eh. – so I'm excited for season three to come out. Uh, I might have to rewatch season two and just just some aspects of it, some cool moments, because there were. There were a lot of fun moments. And they did a good job talking about a – you know, it's it's not one of the big properties, right? It's it's not a big Marvel property. It's no, not I a, mean, it's it's definitely got its cult underground following. I would, I would compare it to, like, a Hellboy. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Tank Girl, yeah, stuff I would, like that. I would yeah. definitely compare it to that. That that regard. I mean, it definitely has its. There were people I know that when the se- the first season was announced, that people were buzzing, uh, that are like hardcore into comics, were very excited that it was going to be adapted, and I can see why because it's got a lot of cool characters, um, a lot of like 
interesting mysteries. Like you don't know where it's going to go. Um, and I it definitely, I think it, it reached, I, I was just getting a third season. Um, so I feel like a lot of people that had no experience with it, myself being one of them, um, could, you know, get involved with it. Right. So I know, I mean, I, I will, I'll try to sell you on the first season with, uh, one example. You mentioned the musical soundtrack. That's there, probably the one scene. I think I know what you're referring to. There's a scene in season one where they're at a bowling alley. Oh, I didn't see that part. And they use the Bay City Rollers, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, night, better than Michael Myers did in When I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> I don't know if you have seen that movie. No, no. But that was like one of Michael Myers' first foray into playing multiple roles in the same movie. Okay. And he plays his, uh, an old <laughs> Scottish, like his old Scottish father. You, I, I recommend looking that clip up. Everybody, okay. I recommend looking that clip up. Look up. So I Married an Axe Murder, Michael Myers, Bay City Rollers, Saturday Night. It's a beautiful clip, but it's outdone in Umbrella Academy Season 1. Okay. That's fair. I'll give it another go. It'll be my third go. Third time's the charm. Sometimes it takes a while. Like, uh, it was a show not too long ago. Oh, uh, um, Preacher. I tried to watch it. Couldn't get into it. Tried to watch it again. Couldn't get into it. Tried to watch it again. Couldn't get into it. And then the world told me I had to stay home, so <laughs> I finally gave it a fourth try, and I loved all four seasons. That's I thought fair. it was amazing. So sometimes it takes a while, which I get. It takes a while. you got to be in the right, right. As long as I'm not the only one. Yeah, because, yeah. it's, it's, it, yeah. I mean, Umbrella Academy Season 1, it's setting things up. And we know a lot of starter movies aren't, like, the most exciting ones. They're, yeah. set, they're, they're setting set, long-term set things the up. Work. And then when you know the character in Season 2 is ready to go, so... Uh, the only other thing I got was um, Netflix, Jurassic Park. Uh, second season of Camp Cretaceous is coming out the 22nd of this month. Um, you enjoyed it, the first one, I right? I did. I know it's a kid's show. It's geared toward kids. It's got the same animation as uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, Rebels, right. all that stuff. So, But, I mean, even though it's it's a kid's show, it, it it's smart. And it pays okay. reference to the other stuff. It's got a lot of interweaving things. I mean, dinosaurs still eat people. That's good. So that's good enough for I'll me. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll um, take it. And then I got some toy news. Um, there's rumors that the Star Wars Black Series, the six-inch line, uh, we're finally going to get a Ponda Baba and Dr. Azivan. Okay. And Dr. Azivan, you got to watch out for. Because, mm. you know, he's got the death sentence <laughs> on 16 planets. <laughs> but it's cool because we're finally getting in that line. We're finally getting some background B characters. Um, but more importantly to those two characters is there's also a rumor we're getting Jackson, which a lot of people don't know this, but this is a character from the old Marvel Star Wars comic books that came out post Star Wars before Empire Strikes Back. Okay. The only way I can describe this is he is a green rabbit. He's a space rabbit, and he's green. He like, there's no way Bucky O'Hare didn't rip this guy <laughs> off, because the uh, the resemblance is uncanny. But it's cool if that comes out. That's awesome because I feel like they're backpedaling and they're finally gonna start acknowledging the 20 plus years of source material that they ignored, didn't have. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said we it didn't have 20, we don't have all these years of source material to call back on. Yes, you did. You're just dumb, and you didn't look into it. Uh, and I will feel vindicated because those 20 years of my life of reading books to elaborate my vocabulary won't be wasted. <laughs> There's hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There certainly is, my friend. And the other only other toy news I have is uh, for those of you who are like me and you love to go to Target to find your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon two-packs, uh, Vernon and the Rat King should be hitting this month. Do not pay scalper prices because they have adjusted the way that they stock these. I found the Krang Android body and the Baxter Stockman and Splinter at retail, and that's the first time I've been able to do that since, like, 1902. Interesting. So they are in stores. Do not pay double, triple, because I've done that on some of them. <laughs> yeah, Just to get them in my greasy paws. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. 
Totally. Kinda. I mean, I I got to get them. I have to. I've wanted them ever since I was a little baby boy. Respect. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> um, all right. Very good. That's your news. We have some comic books to read, as always. Yes, indeed. What do you got today, Matt? Uh, I got a fun one. Oh, good, good, good. I think it's a, I, I think it's a pretty fun one. Uh, one that I not wouldn't normally pick up for just any any book. Oh, here comes here comes the uh oh, the pop up ads. Oh man. You like this? I'm totally pumped. You got you got two of my favorite properties in one. I yeah. love the thing. Do you, figured, do you remember when I used to come out to wrestle? I my do. hot comeback, I would just scream it's clobbering time way before CM Punk. CM Punk ripped me off. I will go to my grave to say this. My Any wrestling My first indie wrestling show, I it might have been before my first indie show. It might have been uh, my I, first indie w- show, I watched you and Jimmy Olsen go at it. Okay, that was yeah before that. NWA Empire. Yeah, that, so before okay. that, it used to be that used to be my hot comeback. I'd get the hot tag and a tag match. It's clobbering time, and I'd come out. Oh, way before CM Punk did it. Yeah, he stole it. He stole it. <laughs> that bastard. Um, <laughs> so all right, so the book I decided I went back to. This is 1974. All right, and they uh, used to have a they had a look a, at the graininess. So I, good. It's fantastic. That that's what I want to see in uh you know, out of a book. So I can smell this book even though I'm looking at it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool that you can see a picture and just smell it? Yep. Like mac and cheese yep, or you know, just delightful. but a comic book. Yeah, yep. you can smell the old comic book. I smell the wet paper. <laughs> Back in the day, they had a really cool run of uh it was called the Marvel two in one. Or it was Marvel Two and One Presents. Yeah. And basically what it was for most of the issues was the thing teaming up with somebody. Like I felt like it was a, their way of getting the thing some extra Which is weird because he's already in a team. <laughs> They're like, Yes, team the thing up with people. Right. He's already teamed up with three other people. That's true. That it yeah, that is true. I think they wanted to give him like his own standout role without making like giving him his own comic book. Basically, like I've seen a lot of. I weird can see it like maybe they were testing the waters. Maybe we could put thing on his own. Like Hulk's that's good. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how many they did of these, but I do remember reading a thing in Iron Man versus Thanos one, back in like it was in a Thanos comic book collection. I was like, this is random, but kind of cool. But but yeah, so this one is the Thing and the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm uh, looking at it. We I I see Yondu. I'm not too. Is that maybe that's Starhawk? Uh, we get some OG, I'll read. We, there's, we, this is the original one. OG. Charlie Guardians. 27. These are, I mean, oh, these are. Oh, these are the ones where at the Vance end of, Astro. Yeah, nice, Vance nice, Astro. Nice, nice, yes. Yeah. And not only are they in it, but it also has Captain America. Yeah, I see his, he's getting carried. He got passed out for some reason. So <laughs> is the thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun book. So they're on planet Earth. They're in the future. Planet Earth 3014. And uh, they are in the, this. Hive, it's it's uh, the Brotherhood of Badoon, and what the Badoon are, I'm not too familiar with these characters, but they're, they're like these lizard people, like these lizard dragon people. A lot of people think that these people inhabit our Earth right now. They do politics, yeah. The lizard people. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, they're they're trying to get. I'm not sure why these characters came into it, but it's, it's Captain America, it's Sharon Carter, which is a cool one, and the Thing, and uh, they're just being interrogated, and, and the Badoon leader is is probing you know probing his mind for for memories and stuff like i said i don't know the backstory to this i don't know why they're in the year 3014 but the thing wakes up and starts a big old ruckus and he's fighting all these characters and and uh it's kind of cool it's just weird to see the thing and captain america together especially the way with like movie rights are now it's just a not and even if you think about in comic book context like it's just such a random team up but this is a thing, and, and uh, they're running away. They're running in the streets of Manhattan, and there's a little crew, of the the Badoon, that are following them. And he, uh, the thing throws a car, and Sharon Carter's firing off an assault rifle, and Cap is going at it. Like it's some pretty cool action scenes in here. Uh, and then there's a group. Uh, I'm not sure. It's called the Resistance. It's called the Resistance, and uh, they're out in space and they uh they, they they look at some video thing and they see that um they see that captain america or something is 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 indeed or they, they know that the badoon are are causing some trouble so they flash to the guardians of the galaxy now these are not your star lords your rocket raccoons your your gamora's drax groot 
any of those. All right, these are the originals, and these were the ones that were referenced in. Uh, this is like, I don't think all these characters are in there, but Ar- not, uh, not, not Arnold, not Arnold, Sylvester Stallone, like that whole group. Like, oh, let's yeah. do one more run. Like that yeah, crew. Like they didn't do Vance. Uh, they. Yeah, no Starhawk. Charlie Twenty Seven was that was in it. Yeah, but I think like it was a diff- it was a later iteration. Um, and Martin X was in it. Definitely Martin X was yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie Forty Five was like a robot. This looks like a, like a a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, big, scary guy. But yeah, these are these are the, the like the OG Guardians. OG Guardians, Marvel's like earliest cosmic comic book type yeah, things. Yeah. But yeah, so there's Vance Astro, who's like the you know a, a, a pretty big deal. He's the first Earthman to the stars. And I'm just gonna give this to people who don't know who these characters are. The first Earthman to the stars, the last survivor of the 20th century. A 1,000-year-old master of psychokinesis. Uh, Charlie 27, last survivor of Earth's Jupiter colony, uh, bred to live on a planet with 11 times the mass and thrice the gravity of Earth, possessed of possesses superhuman strength. Yandu, we all know him. Uh, he had his interaction with, with Peter Quill, and it was a lot of good stuff. He was a native of Earth-colonized Centuri, uh, Centauri Four, and last of a race of barbarians, a master of weaponry. Uh, and then Martin X, the crystal man whose body can convert light waves into bursts of extreme heat and cold. He's the last survivor of Earth's plutonium colony, uh, which is cool. And they end up seeing the video. It's Cap. It's the thing. And the, the, the Guardians at this time, their sole purpose is to fight the Badoon. All right. And they see a video of Captain America and the thing going at it. Vance Astro gets really, really excited. And he goes, yes. He's like, it's him. It's Captain America. Like, I, I know that fighting stance anywhere because he grew up when Ca- after Captain America um, and we'll get his backstory in a little bit, but he's like, I know that fighting stance anywhere. It's really him, and he's alive on Earth right now. It, it can't be a hoax. Zakor wouldn't. It's a miracle. Uh, the chance we've waited for, and he's, you know, Badoon are panicking. We got to go up. We got to go help these guys, and uh, they, they're flying a craft that actually looks like the Starship Enterprise. You see that? It's like kind of shaped like it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's it is. Yeah, it looks like there's some inspiration. Oh, for sure, for some sure. There's some. Uh, no, that's like straight up. <laughs> that's that's like that. Yeah. So they yeah. watched some CBS. Yeah, they definitely did back in the day. So we cut to Cap and, and the thing, and they're they're being cornered by a group of these Badoon, and all of a sudden one of them goes down with an arrow in their back, and then the Guardians come out, and it's it's a kind of a cool scene. Um, and they're interacting, and these, and they just team up, and and you know you're getting to see all their strength, all their powers. And Guardians of the Galaxy isn't a popular run at this time. I don't know how popular it was, but we're seeing a little bit. Of, we're seeing a little bit of just them kind of teaming up. Advanced Asteroid fanboys. He's like, he goes to shake Cap's hand because this is his hero back in the day. Um, you know, Vance go, you know, talking to him, and uh, you know, we see you see you were my boy. Oh, it, Boyhood Idol, Cap. I even saw you in action in person once with your partner, the Falcon, back in 1972, I think. And uh, Cap goes in person. I don't understand how. And Fantastic goes, yeah, I was born uh, July 3rd, 1962. And everyone's, like, confused. And, like, yeah, he must be a 1,000 years old. He got. He's talking about how he got shipped off to space and, and, and he went off to space and was, like, f- frozen for a 1,000 years. So him and Cap almost, like, not perfectly but yeah they share, they, share they, a they common sh- theme uh, yes exactly and uh these this other race of warriors the uh the the terran underground that's what they're called that's what this resistance group is it's an army of a bunch of people that are there to fight the badoon as well and they're like hey um we if, I, if i'm not mistaken i think the terran have a great deal to do with the inhumans i believe that's that could the be race right. of the inhumans well terran Yandu called Peter Quill that. Terran is like a, a and this you got to keep in mind. This is the future too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it. Yeah, it could be another thing for Inhumans. I think it's another name for for just Earth in in the okay. future. Okay. Um, it, like in at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy two, the 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 That's gold right. the gold That's lady right. is like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're of Terran descent or That's something right. like that. That's right. That's right. So, um, which I, yeah, I, I like to know the history of why Earth is called Terran, but, um. Yeah, it's a cool scene where they're all getting ready to team up. They got this little militia, and they're like, we're going to go for the Badoon and, 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 and free. 
and it's cool. It's the thing just yelling, it's clobbering time. He, he's grabbing that woman uh, uh, kind of against her will. A that, little bit. A, yeah, that looks a little sketchy. 70s is a little strange. Uh, <laughs> so sort of the, the 80s and uh, yeah. 90s. <laughs> I love the ads in this because there's, like, there's a cool. Oh, uh, that Planet of the Apes ad? Yeah, oh, I marked out sweet. huge for that. I'm going to have to find that book. But then they, they all go in. They all go in and, and invade the Badoon like, stronghold castle. And in this army, it's this huge battle scene. Huge battle scene. And they're all just cleaning house and they beat up the king or, or whatever. They, they capture the king and, and Cap thing. And, and Sharon Carter go to the time transporter. And then they go back to where their time was. I love page 31. It's like, uh, it's just single. You could tell it's a single page shot. But it's There's like a, a lot it's going a wide out of this. shot, but you can see everybody in action working together. It was super cool. That's a cool shot. Yeah, this is. I'm all for the. I, I love random team up books, and uh, I thought this was a cool one. That is. I'm really not cool. familiar with the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I know of them, but I can't. I've never read a comic book. Of I them. find it odd that they marketed this as a, a dual team up thing in Guardians when Cap is there just as much like yeah put cap cap thing and <laughs> guardian like it's crazy yeah that's cool though that's a nice book it was yeah it was it was neat i'm, I'm very happy that i found that one i was just like ah, oh. i i just that's what i look for like I, I could do the mainstream ones all day but if i do i want to find something that not everybody's read so yeah so yeah i'm proud of that one will what do you got on the uh slate today so today i i have a star wars comic uh we've been talking a lot of mandalorian and we've been talking a lot of Star Wars Legacy and how it no longer exists in canon. So I have a comic here called Star Wars Jango Fett Open Season Number 2. Oh. Uh, this came out in 2009, and this is published under Dark Horse. Which... I do remember Jango Fett run around Attack of the Clones time. I feel like I used to have I had a Jango Fett book back in the day. Yeah, I mean, like, Dark Horse pumped out a lot of Star Wars books, and most of the Star Wars Legacy books were Dark Horse before. They they were always Dark Horse. Uh, they were Marvel back in the day, and then they were Dark Horse in the, the 90s, uh, early 2000s, late 2000s, and then when Marvel acquired, or Disney acquired Star Wars, they put it under the Marvel banner again. Okay. Um, so this takes, we see this, the, we see an uh, opening shot. This huge castle says, 10 years before the Battle of Geonosis, uh, Obviously, Attack of the Clones. We see a, a young Count Dooku walking down a hallway with one of those interrogation droids that Darth Vader used against Princess Leia in A New Hope. Uh, he comes up and he, he asks if the prisoner's ready, and a droid says, yeah, he's ready. And door opens, and we see a gentleman sitting in the same device that we saw Han Solo in at Cloud City being tortured. And he says, you've broken me, Dooku. I give up. And, and Dooku, he's like, I was beginning to think we'd never penetrate your defenses. I must admit, I am impressed, Silas. And he goes, Mandalorians anticipate everything. Even torture, we were trained to endure it, but I can take any more. And he, uh, Count Dooku is like, all right, tell me what I want to know. Um, and Silas, this character, we were, I'm sure he was introduced in issue one, but he says, all right, I'm, I'm getting ready to betray the greatest Mandalorian who ever lived. Time jump 20 years ago. Uh, we hear a, a sound bubble from off, and Silas, grab your gear. We're moving out. And we're introduced to Jango Fett, a young Jango Fett. Now, the cool thing is, like, this Jango Fett is wearing armor very similar to Boba Fett. So, the like, the, the green, the red, the yellow shoulder pads, it's almost identical, but it's Jango. Uh, and he's, uh, uh, Silas, uh, he says, oh, Jaster's finally giving you a squad. And Jango says, yep, we're going to go brief. So we're seeing uh, the briefing room very similar to um, Return of the Jedi with Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar when they were about to attack the second Death Star. Um, and it says, listen up, since this is Jango's first mission, this is a squad commander, and we're keeping it simple. The job's a routine extraction mission. So they're going to go in, get somebody, get out. Uh, and we see two Mandalorians standing next to Jango. One still wearing the helmet. Uh, he's wearing, like, dark gray armor with uh, the red visor. And then we see another man next to him without the helmet wearing uh, gray armor with blue. Kind of like what we saw Jango wearing in uh, Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, so we, we sense a little dissension amongst the helmeted, which is uh, Jaster Mareel, who we find out 
adopted Django and was a father figure to Django. And then the unmasked man, which is his name is Montrose. We, we sense a little animosity, like Montrose wants to take over, but Jaster Mareel is in charge, and he's got a close connection to Django, who's quite a bit younger. So we see uh, Django loading up his troops, you know, move it, move it, move it, here we go. Uh, uh, Silas, who we were introduced to earlier, 20 years in the future, getting tortured. You know, he's he seems to be Django's right-hand man, uh, follows Django. We, we get in more little animosity where Montrose is... You know, this you know, this is your first mission, Django, don't mess it up. But we, we find that Montrose is the one who has gotten the information that has led to this mission. So we see uh these Mandalorian ships coming to the planet that they're going to to go to for this extraction mission. Uh they get hit by an ion cannon and they're going down and uh they, they crash land, but they still land but their ships are pretty much inoperable. Uh, the planet they land on looks very similar to Geonosis on the outskirts. Like, there's no buildings, but it's like red sand. Okay. So uh, they, they, you know, kind of like Storm in Normandy style. Like, the gate drops down as soon as they run out. Bam, bam. They're getting shot up. It's like a suicide mission. Not a whole lot of people are making it out, you know. Uh, Django Fett, he's yelling to his troops to find cover to get to the uh, get to the pits. Uh, and then we see who they're fighting, and they honestly look like space apes, not like Chewbacca, like okay, like not hairy, but like literally apes, like monkeys, like not monkeys, sorry, like silverback gorillas wearing uh, chainmail. Oh, um, that's cool. So that's who they're fighting. So they're heading off to the trenches. They're getting picked off one by one. We finally see that uh, Django. He's trying to save as many of his troops as he can. And he's he wants to keep as many because this is his first solo mission leading. So, uh, you know, we see Jaster Mareel. Um, he is going off with Montrose to kind of battle these space apes back. And as they're doing that... Uh, Jaster Mareel is asking Montrose that the information that you have given us is it it was it was a hoax. It's not what you said it was. We need to abandon this mission. And Montrose goes, "No, we've never abandoned a mission. Press forward. We can take them." And then, as he says that, a grenade gets launched, and Montrose heroically tackles Master Jareel to the ground to save him from the grenade. Uh, they're firing off. Uh, Jaster, he he gets up, and Montrose seems, oh, he's surprised. He goes, where's the second wave? We could have taken them if we had the second wave. And uh, Jaster Muriel picks up Montrose, and he goes, I told you, we're pulling out. Now shut up and get on your feet. And then Montrose asks where Django is. He was the commander of the second command. Uh, he goes, he used your idiotic attack as a diversion. He's going after our target. So we see Django Fett going through the woods with his battalion. And he goes, where are these rookies that we were supposed to be able to take out? And then all of a sudden, these guys pop up from the leaves, and they he realizes it's an ambush. So they start firing. He's, Django says this whole thing was a setup. It's the Death Watch, which is kind of cool that Death Watch played a big part in Mando and Clone Wars. Um, and that's when... Uh, Silius asks, who are the Death Watch? And he goes, before your time, Silius, ex-Mandalorians who split with Jaster years ago. We thought they were finished, but I guess we were wrong. Here they are. And uh, at that point, he says, duck, and he uses his flamethrower. He roasts them, but there's more that are coming. So, uh, Jaster, this is Jango. The Death Watch is here. And that's when Jaster Muriel is realizing that maybe this is kind of a setup. And uh, he asks Boba or Django rather if there's any sign of Vizsla, which is cool because in the Clone Wars, pre Vizsla was the master of Death Watch. So this just goes to show you that they abandoned the legacy <laughs> canon, but they used so much of it in their new canon. They did, yeah. So uh, then we, uh, he said, we never found him. Um, oh, I skipped the page. Sorry. Um. That's what it is. So Montrose and Master Jareel, they're sitting there, and all of a sudden Vizsla comes in, and he wants to, you know, take over. He wants—he's mad because Master Jareel took Mandalore from him. 
Vizla used to be the 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 ruler. He is no longer the ruler. Master Jareel is, um, and that's when he goes to war with them. Uh, he throws a bomb at him. This time, though, Montrose escapes before the bomb hits, and he lets Master Jareel take the brunt of it. Um, and at that point, Montrose he uh, Master Jareel asks Montrose for an airlift. And Montrose says, sorry, Jaster, I'm through taking your orders, but I'll take good care of the troops. And at that point, Master Jareel, or, yep, he gets, he gets a la platoon. He just gets riddled with bullets, riddled with firepower. He's lit up. Um, Django sees it happening. Uh, he... Straight up, you know, no, he goes he goes to save him, but it's too late. Um, that's when Jaster, you know, he says, he says, sorry, Jaster, I should have had your back. And he says, don't worry about it. You know, just get to the troops and take care of Mandalore. Uh, that's when we cut to Montrose, kind of organize the troops, get him out of there. He goes, that was Jaster's last order was to get out. Uh, and he goes, look, uh, they ask, where's Django? And he says, he died trying to save Jaster. Let's move. He goes, wait, look, and he sees Django carrying the corpse of Jaster Mareel. Um, and that's when everybody turns on Montrose. They realize that he left Jaster to die, as Django Fett tells them. They believe him, and they all turn on him. And that's when uh, Montrose, they said he disappeared, and Django became the leader of Bandalore, and he became Jaster's legacy. So that also kind of plays into Mandalore, the Mandalorian, yeah. when Boba was like, this is my legacy. Yeah, we, you know, Django was a foundling, but before that, he was taken in by Jaster Mareel, who was the man, the leader of Mandalore. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's cool. Yeah, so then it cuts to Celius being tortured again, and he goes, that's the truth, I swear it. And Count Dooku says, I believe you, and the rest of your visit will be painless. And he goes, I can still tell you about the war with the Jedi. And that's when Count Dooku says, no, that won't be necessary. I witnessed the massacre on Galaridan personally. Stop his heart, he tells the droids. And then Salia says, please don't tell Django." And he goes, I can't make any promises. Goodbye, Salius. And then it says the next issue would be Fett versus the Jedi. Mm. So it's a shame that these are no longer considered canon, but you can see where they're it's a cool story. They cherry picked what they thought was serviceable for their stories. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. It, and, you know, at this time, too, it's cool to see Django Fett, a, uh, an interesting, like a, a, a character. I mean, I, I've always thought he's a character worth of comic books and stuff, but. Even in what year? 2009? This came out in 2009. So this was like after Attack of the Clones. And Revenge of the Sith. So this is well after. So Disney, like Star Wars, it, it's always going to be popular, but it... it they were the falling hype, in the, the hype blanks. And I know like like it's kind of cool because like they're, the people were like, well, why does Django have different armor than Boba? And like in this comic, Django's basically wearing Boba's armor. So yeah. Boba was probably like, hey, that was what my father used to wear when he was true to Mandalore. This is what I'm going to wear. Yeah. Um... The whole and the other thing that was kind of cool and it was retconned well before Disney bought it, but Jaster Mareel in a book called Tales of the Bounty Hunters was revealed to be Boba Fett's real name, and then oh. they they backpedaled on that after the prequels came out, and they said that was the man who saved Django. So they did keep that lineage for the Mandalorian. Okay. So you can, like I said, you can see where they cherry picked, and it just—it's frustrating for a fan to put so much time and effort into no, learning about characters, and then for them to just say, "Nope, doesn't ha- doesn't exist," <laughs> and then you, as you're watching the new stuff, that you realize that they just cherry picked bastards <laughs> what they wanted to use and what they didn't. Oh, so. Disney, shame on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, everybody, that is it. That is our comic book reading of the uh, of the week. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Michael will be back in town and uh, and ready to go with us. But a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun today. A lot of news to talk about. A big exciting news. We're to our DC fans. Me and Will talked about it. We're trying. We're trying to give you some hope. Uh, oh wait, sorry. 
Danny DeVito's penguin's coming back in the Flash movie. What? Yes. I didn't know that. He's going to be biting heads off fish. I meant to drop that. It dawned on me. So there you go, DC fans. Danny DeVito, the OG penguin, coming back with Michael Keaton for the Flash movie. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> My favorite impression. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> So there you go. We're trying, you know, to find some stuff. Uh, I know Wonder Woman went back in the in the fresh, in the fresh zone. It's fresh. The tomatoes are no longer rotten. That's you can good. eat them. That's good. So we're trying to give you guys. I know it's been a lot of Marvel base since uh, since Greg left the show, but we're trying. Oh, the other thing, I'm totally sorry I forgot yeah. was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Apparently, they're gonna put it on Blu-ray as well. So if you don't have an HBO Max account, you can still buy it for probably fifty dollars. <laughs> Blu-rays. Who uses those anymore? Archaic system. <laughs> All right. That is a uh, that is a wrap on today's episode, everybody. We thank you so much for listening to myself and Will. Uh, I am Iron Man. Yeah, Chris. You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retro Blist. You had that ready to go, like almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of, kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor. Where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro, like on the actual console itself, from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to. Um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch. Where can I find this podcast? Uh, you can find it at bicbp radio.com. Sweet.